Welcome everyone, I'm Steve Spaulding, and this is another episode of Steve Reads Stories. Tonight, I'll be looking at Making a Deal, the third piece I wrote in January as a part of my Year of Stories project. Growing up, some of my favorite fiction involved people making deals. Really bad deals, with devils, and demons, and genies, and occasionally other people. My favorite part of these stories was always the turn, the moment the deal went sour and the hero had to scrape and claw his way against the inevitable. I was a fun kid. As I grew older, I started to wonder the same thing about deal stories that I did any time I watched someone in a horror movie run up the stairs instead of out the front door. I wondered if films or books didn't exist in their universe, and if they did, Why hadn't anyone ever written about this before? Just as importantly, I couldn't figure out why creatures with near-unlimited power would waste their time messing with hapless protagonists. Making a Deal is my small effort to address these issues. It's a story about bars, greed, and a magic man named Lloyd. I hope you enjoy. So, you're like the devil or something, right? Dive bar. Back room. Night. It's a place called Roy's Chicken Shack. It doesn't serve chicken, doesn't serve anything really, except watered-down bourbon and cheap wine. Hipsters like it, though. I'm sure Roy's spinning in his grave. No such thing, kid. His suit's too small, in a fashionable way. His eyes are crystalline circles of blue, flecked with hints of amber. Weird eyes, unnatural. Either that or contact lenses. Of course there is. Where else do all the souls go? Define soul for me. You know, whatever it is that people like you bargain over, our essence, our human... (laughs) juice... I don't know. I'm not the one trying to buy one. He shifts, slowly, getting close enough to touch foreheads with me. He has no smell. None. Nothing. Not from cologne or sweat. Not even the boozy scent you'd expect from someone who spent the last hour downing gin and cokes. So you think I'm here for your soul? A thing you're willing to sell, but can't even define. What exactly do you take me for? The devil. I've told you that. Like I said, no such thing. And even if I was, why do you think I want your... juice? For your collection? (laughs) Who knows? Maybe a soul is like a, I don't know, deed to a house. If you own it, you can boss me around in the afterlife or live inside me or something. Who's to say how people like you get your rocks off? 
people like me? A shadow creeps behind his eyes. He leans back, crossing wiry arms over his chest. The jacket, tighter at the shoulders than anywhere else, is making his little show more difficult. You know, I shouldn't have said anything. All right, all right. I guess we don't have all day to play. I'm not the devil, I don't want your soul, and I think the fact that you are willing to sell it to me when you don't even know what it is says a lot more about you than you probably meant it to. Are you judging me? He raises a pale finger. Blonde woman. Two more drinks. Not magic. Just a very efficient server. Yes, I am. Now, let's get down to business. What is it that you want, exactly? Fifty thousand dollars. He laughs. I feel the blood rushing to my cheeks. Seriously? This is about money. You called me here for money. Are you totally insane? Can you do it? Of, of, of course I can do it. Damn it. I thought this was going to be interesting. I really need the money. Yes, I know. I'm sure you have some kind of very sad story to tell, so why don't you just get on with it? He finishes his drink. Then he finishes mine. Finger in the air. Flash of blonde hair. Two more glasses. Sad story? Yeah. Like your grandma's dying, or the mob's trying to kill you, and the $50,000 is the only way you're going to get out of it while all your digits. The story, what's the story? I don't really have one. His eyes flash. His head tilts an inch to the left. The entire room seems to tilt with him. Am I drunk? What exactly do you mean by that? Listen, I heard you're the sort of person who can get people things. Think of this like, like, like a test or something. I want the 50000 so I can spend it on stuff. You know, normal stuff. Like a new car, maybe? I don't know. I didn't really think this through. You're insane. His mouth twists into a parody of a smile. He leans forward again. Not quite as close as before. No, I'm just broke, and I thought you could help. He falls out of his seat, clutching his stomach. Are you okay? The silence hangs. He pulls himself together, sliding back into the chair with an oily grace. Lloyd. Just call me Lloyd. I have another name, but it's not important right now. And you're sure you're not- No. I am not the devil. There is no devil. Stop asking me that, or I will set you on fire. I don't think he's joking. Okay, Lloyd. Will you help me or not? Before I say anything, you do know there are consequences to these things, right? I mean, I don't actually care, but usually people think stuff like this through a little more than you seem to have. There are consequences to everything. 
I could step out of this bar right now and be hit by a car. Dead. Just like that. I could go to work every day, and in a year, maybe I'd have the money. But probably not. Instead, I decided to come to you, the guy with the magic powers, and see what happens. Now he was listening. Maybe for the first time tonight. You make a good point. I'm just surprised. Usually people who sit in that chair are whiners or charity cases. It's refreshing to talk to someone who's just an idiot. Hey, that's not very nice. No, it's not. What's your name again? Another silence. Patrick. My name... is Patrick. Thanks, Patrick. By the way, when you're asking someone for 50 large... You probably shouldn't quibble with them over etiquette. It's crass. Sorry, I didn't mean anything but don't apologize. Never apologize. There's another free life lesson for you. Thanks, Lloyd. Don't worry about it. Closing time. The bartender doesn't even look at us. Barely seems to notice we're there. I wonder if he knew Roy. So, what's all this going to cost me? If you're not after my soul, that is. Who says it's going to cost you anything? What do you mean? Of course it's going to cost me something. You aren't just going to give me $50,000 for nothing. I'm not? No, you're not. What's the point of pretend- He places his hands in front of him, palms forward. Okay, okay. You're the boss. All right, um, what's your- greatest fear. And if I tell you that, then what? You give me nightmares, or make me sit in a room with them, or... Five minutes ago, you were willing to sell me your soul for a song. Now you're afraid of answering a little question? I'm just trying to make sure this isn't some kind of monkey's paw thing. If I tell you, you're not going to kill me with it, are you? Now, if you tell me... You stop taking up precious space in my brain with your voice, and get to believe that I took something of value from you. At least you would have, if you had just answered the stupid question. You said there would be consequences. And you said there are consequences for everything. Guess what? You're right. If I pull a bag of money out of thin air, there will be consequences. Do I know what they are? No. Am I going to punish or trick you or make you regret your hasty, stupid decision? No. Are you going to have to deal with what happens when some jerk walks around with $50,000 in a sack over his shoulders? Yes. Yes, you will, Patrick. And what do you get out of it? I love consequences. We're alone now. Even the bartender has gone home for the night. I don't get it. All right. <laughs> Think about it this way. If I could pull that kind of money out of thin air, what could you possibly have that I would want? What could you do for me that I would care about? What could you possibly give me that I couldn't just take? Another false smile. My soul? Damn it, Patrick. Pay attention. You're nothing to me. 
You have nothing. You can give me nothing. And all your attempts to find value in your tiny, tiny existence are only serving to convince me that helping you is more trouble than it's worth. So, you're going to help me? For free, then? Nothing's for free, Patrick. But yes, I'm going to give you $50,000. My only hope is that the same lack of judgment you've shown tonight will lead you to do something interesting with it. You don't look like the savings account type. You're not, are you? I don't really believe in banks. Of course you don't. So that's it? When do I get the money? <sighs> you already have it. Check under your bed in the morning. <laughs> that's amazing! No, it's not. That's the whole... You know what? Forget it. Good night, Patrick. I'm standing. I'm walking. I'm smiling. Good night, Lloyd. I feel a hand on my shoulder. I stop. I turn. It's Lloyd, and he seems... taller. There is one thing you can do for me, Patrick. His false smile is a brand across his pale face. My hands are shaking. Here it comes. And what's that? His lips move. I hear his voice. But one is not in sync with the other. Never change, Patrick. <laughs> Never change. Even as I leave, his smile stays with me. Steve Reads Stories is produced by me, Steve Spaulding. If you like what you heard, take a moment to rate us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps. You can follow me on Twitter at sbspaulding, and learn more about my other projects at thecoldstorage.com. Thanks for all the support, and I hope you'll join me again next time.